Welcome to the IPX True North Podcast, where we connect people, processes, and tools. All right. Good afternoon, everyone, and thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Brandy Taylor. I am the VP of Services for IPX, which is the Institute for Process Excellence. And we have a really fun and passionate discussion lined up today for you all. I am pleased to be joined here today with Mr. Bob Reiswitz from Chamberlain. Hi, Bob. Good afternoon, Brandy. How are you doing today? I am doing great. And yourself? Doing really good. Thanks for joining me. This is going to be super fun. I love hanging out with you. And, you know, I guess just to start out is I think, you know, people have an idea of who I am and what I'm about, but I would love just give a brief, you know, overview of who you are and, you know, what is your work that you do at Chamberlain? So my name is Bob Reiswitz. I'm the senior manager for Enterprise PLM at the Chamberlain Group. Yeah. All right. So, Bob, I know that you're a recent CM2C graduate, which is our comprehensive certification. And for those that don't know, that means that you've taken courses one through six. So first of all, congratulations on the completion of that certification. It is a big pursuit. So that's really amazing. I would love just to tell me a little bit about the reason that, you know, was the catalyst in taking those classes originally? Sure. So it's a good story. So a team member of mine in our group received a PLM certification from SimData. And in that class, there was mention of CM2. And so he dug a lot of deeper and found IPX. And in May of 2021, we enrolled him in CM2. I believe around August, he approached me and said that, hey, Bob, you really need to look into this. Right around May of 2021, 22, he gave me four books, CM2, one through four. And I read through those books and specifically the first one. And I was just hooked. I power read through these. It was very powerful. And I was very consumed by the approach and the methodology, obviously, in all made sense to me. I immediately enrolled in April of 2022. And I did get my certification in September. And Oh, by the way, I am enrolled in a P certification here in the third quarter. So I'm looking very forward to that. Excellent. You know, I hear the story where people just, get, they do, they get captivated and like, this is what we need, you know, and yeah. they're believers because you feel like it's a real practical approach for solving problems that you might have. And so were there any specific problems that you were having that you were hoping to learn how to solve? So one of the challenges in our chain was our change notices are very siloed. They were siloed by functional area due to this limitation. The CM responsibilities were solely on engineering. And so we realized we can't be the only organization out there that is facing these problems, right? Within optimizing and the reuse best practices and standards. And so in CM201, in fact, this is drilled in my mind, and you should make a t-shirt of this, really. The business of running a business, and I quote that a world-class enterprise not only defines and documents its products and or services, but its delivery systems as well. And how powerful is that, right? Yeah. Very, very good. You know, I think I've heard Ken say at times, you know, an undocumented requirement or undocumented process is just a wish and a prayer, you know? You <laughs> know, oh, by the way, Ken... Wow. Amazing. Yep. He's a good guy and very captivating. Got good, some good stories to help make it real. Well, I'm hoping that today, in fact, I've since enrolled two more strategically engineers into the CM2C courses, and I'm hoping that Ken is doing a great job there with them, and I'm sure he is. So, 
Awesome. I'll look forward to hearing what they think uh, when they make it through. So through the courses that you took on the C certification, talk to me a little bit. Of what are the, some of the principles that helped you begin to tackle some of the problems that you're having? Is there anything that, you know, that stands out that was immediate for you? Oh, yeah. So the missing link actually is with the siloed approach to CM in you know, the business process infrastructure provided by the CM2 model. And the mechanism for moving us out of a corrective action mode and understanding the process improvements begins with improving the infrastructure upon which process for managing data sets and requirements are dependent. And that's very powerful. And if we look at the several key elements for enterprise success within CM2, you know, CM2 covers all of them, right? You have requirements management, change management, release management, records management, document management, data management, configuration management. So I very quickly began to understand how to tackle these problems and these elements will unleash and enable enterprise capabilities and processes infrastructure within our organization and very powerful. Excellent. I know sometimes these kind of changes, you know, this is a culture change sometimes, and these are big changes. And I think it's good to have that roadmap of where you want to be someday. But also, it's important to see if you can capture some of those smaller quick wins as well. Were there any immediate tactical approaches that you learned that you were able to implement right away or start working on? Sure. So the amount of the um, interventional resources spent by my team was huge. And we realized our data integrity should be our highest priority. And so we started by implementing partial change leaders by functional area that will be responsible for data quality, performing PLM revisions and enforcing standards and data linkages. That's really good to hear. Were you able to measure some of that intervention or rework at all? And I know that can be challenging. We did measurement and it was significant you know ken mentioned this and it's in the courses but you know they say 40 percent, right we were double that okay and i know that can be daunting right or even discouraging but you know i'm hopeful and from our experience as well we've seen you know that means there's a lot of low-hanging fruit so you can make some changes and some small changes can see sizable results so i'm hoping to find out more as you guys progress through some of this journey so it's going to be a long one brandy <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. That you know, okay. I, the way I see it is, you know, it was, we like to encourage, Hey, let's not overwhelm ourselves with the aggregate and let's find those couple, let's find the two, three biggest problems you got. Let's focus on those. And then, you know, once we get through there, then let's rinse and repeat. You know, we want to make sure that we want to pause and reflect, right? And not just continually improve. We want to pause, we want to measure, and we want to make sure that we're prioritizing things appropriately. And that can change over time. And measuring is very critical and have a plan to do so. And bringing that to justify this journey, this organizational change that you are proposing as a leader is instrumental. And it's very important. Yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, it sounds big to me that some of the roles and responsibilities are really key for making some of the improvements that you want to make, you know, trying to help support, you know, that engineering siloed approach and really make it more enterprise and putting the right roles and responsibilities in place to help support that. But also, you know, there's tool that is involved in that. And I know you guys already have Windchill, mm -hmm. uh, which is a very great modern PLM tool that, you know, we see a lot of fantastic capabilities and a lot of companies doing great things with it. I guess throughout the courseware and what you're learning to date, are there any tool capabilities that 
maybe you found you were not capitalizing on and that maybe, you know, some of the training has highlighted that could maybe be an asset to your future? Yeah. So there's many. One comes to mind. Well, I got a couple, I guess, that come to mind. But when we think about achieving an integrated process, right? And we want to get to that process excellence side of it. One of them is manufacturing process planning, right? And this is going to be critical for us to achieve that integrated excellence. The second thing that comes to mind for me is ThingWorks Navigate. And this will accelerate our connected solutions and increase efficiency in our digital transformation journey. Excellent. You know, and I think that those are big steps and I think that they're great steps. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how you guys do that and following along that path with you guys as you guys progress and learning your best practices as you continue. And, you know, like we said about picks and clicks training and all that good stuff is great. The tool provides so much capability for you and it's excellent to have. But, you know, without a good business process, your ways of working are not necessarily under control. You know, a lot of people we work with, you know, are trying to implement a tool right out of the box and we're just going to work with out of the box. Okay, that's great. But you still need to have a good, clear and concise business process Mm -hmm. to drive commonality around your ways of working, right? And so one of the things I'm thinking about is around ways of working is those good roles and responsibilities. And you talked a little bit already about, you know, kind of a pseudo change leader role to help, you know, be that process owner and helps kind of take some of that away from the engineering team and allow them to do design work. I guess, talk to me a little bit more about other roles and responsibilities or more about the change leader of what you'd like to see on the future in your organization. Sure. So we talk about a tool that provides lots of capabilities and picks and clicks and stuff. So an important takeaway, defining CM2 implementation, and Ken talks about this in great detail, is properly defining the opportunities and creating an achievable plan and execute on that plan. We're still struggling with clicks and picks because the concept for configuration and change management are not well known across the organization, and I'm going to be fixing this. Without that knowledge, most users aren't heavily dependent on clicks and picks and tutorials, right? Yeah, sure. Tell me a little bit about change leaders and, you know, what are they doing today for you? And, you know, maybe how are you thinking about transitioning more in the future? So one of the obstacles we had is departments were releasing CNs that are department dependent on each other, right? And there's no connectivity there. So this requires loads of manual intervention, right? And lots of manual reviewing to implement. So with implementing change leaders, we will be able to protect the business and the customers, ensuring adherence to processes and protocols, preventing unauthorized and uncommunicated changes. And we're going to be expanding this role that will encompass the CM2 closed loop process here. Hopefully Q2 of 24 is in the plan. All right. Excellent. The change leader is huge. You know, a lot of times we see organizations say, you know, we got to fix our implementation. And although, you know, there's nothing wrong with starting there, I think, you know, we find a lot of issues in implementation really stem from a lack of proper vetting and proper planning of change Mm -hmm. on the front side. And so that's what I love hearing you guys start there, because I think you'll automatically ease and streamline your implementation with that proper planning and vetting on the front side, because that's where a lot of, you know, the intervention that you're talking about 
it happens is that reactive work, you know, the unplanned work, that scope creep, whatever you want to call it, that happens because you didn't think it all through very properly on the front side. So I love hearing that, you know, the change leaders are starting to do that for you guys and starting to make sure that, you know, we're ensuring to a process, a common process and doing the right level of due diligence on the front side. So that way, hopefully we can find you guys, you know, having less intervention over time as well without even touching the implementation side of life yet. Right. Yeah, right. And we're one weekend. So we're in post go live supporting, you know, individual groups and users and multiple training sessions and things are going good. And we're getting excited because this does take a piece of those interventional resource percentages we spoke about earlier, right? And this yeah. is going to take a bite out of it, which is going to enable us to start working on our process refresh and the closed loops system. And then we're going to start talking about integration, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. And, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, people that manage change is often, you know, seen somewhat as is more of a clerk, right? And I love, you know, that you're seeing it as more of an empowered role. Hopefully over time, you know, that they do gain that credibility and they are empowered to, you know, hold people accountable to the process. And sometimes that's not easy to do in the beginning and it's not. No. So, so sometimes it is a journey to establish those roles as well. You're exactly right, Brandy. And Ken describes it perfectly. You need thick skin. And you. you really do. And it is challenging. It's super challenging. Yep. You need a little bit of grit, uh, some thick skin for certain, and a little bit of good you know, technical business acumen to help be able to hold some of these people accountable to what they need to be doing. So absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a good role. It's a fun role, but uh, it does. It takes a certain individual, certainly. So, you know, when I think about implementing these roles and I know change leader is the first one you're working towards, you know, maybe later you'll start to work more on the implementation side. Are these really big changes to your current ways of working? Do you see people struggling with the addition of these roles? Yes. And that's a culture of the old CM processes. And as we create awareness and I plant my seeds of CM2 certifications in these groups, it is going to shine light, and specifically when we start talking to the executive leadership, and that I am hoping is going to catch some attention. I love hearing that. It takes time and it takes vision. Just stay the course, and sometimes change is hard, right? A lot of times we are somewhat changing culture, and that is something that is that's deep, and it's hard. So, But over time, what I've found is you know, the organization starts to understand and find benefit in these roles and starts to understand how much they're doing and how much work the functions were actually doing, you know, to kind of compensate for a lack of this position over time. And they find that things are, you know, more straightforward. They're working on planned work instead of reactive work. And they start to see how in the heck did we operate without these roles before? So it just takes a little time, but I promise stay the course and we'll come for you. I am not going to waver. My team is behind me and we have high expectations and enthusiasm stay the course, get the executive leadership buy-in that we need, and we're going to be in a happy place. The transition will be amazing. Very good. And so, you know, thinking about all the changes that can happen, roles and responsibilities are huge and primary here. You know, there's always a roadmap, right, of where do we want to go in the future? Talk to me a little bit about maybe some of the other big initiatives that may come along. I know you already talked about a couple of them, but what other things are you looking to do once you got the proper roles in place? That's a big question. That roadmap is big. So CM2 explains very clearly the process of evolution, right? 
at five levels, eight steps. And the transformation journey in this instance will begin at level two for us when at the domain level, assessment of existing practices are completed and the transition plan is approved. And so now we will be committed to continue our transformation journey of implementing best in practice and continuous improvements towards integrated process excellence. So that encompasses level one to level five in our model. I presented this model, a very clear plan, and we're going to stick to that plan. Okay. You know, and I think, you know, presenting that plan, that leads me to think about leadership support. And, you know, I've seen a number of people try to do this from the bottoms up and laterally. And although you can make some really great improvements, it's long and it's hard. And, you know, successful leadership support is really key for substantial organizational transformation, like you're talking about and sustaining transformation. Talk to me about how you have worked to align your leadership team for this moving forward to make sure that, you know, from their functional perspectives, as well as just making sure that, you know, we maintain priority on this initiative. This is a big one, Brandy. It really is. As I mentioned before, we have provided leadership with a strategic business plan with operating standards and core procedures. Right now, our small team consists of individual contributors making incremental steps with a bottom-up approach. Targeting cross-functional management's interests is what I'm really doing now, and I'm getting somewhere. I am very hopeful that this will switch to a top-down approach. It's going to drive OKRs. It's going to align us vertically and horizontally. And I have a whole bunch of faith that hopefully soon that this will happen. Okay. It's hard because, you know, sometimes people see change management as that necessary evil. You know, they don't see it as that enabler. And sometimes, you know, when you talk to different functions about their goals and objectives, and often their goals and objectives can be competing with each other. Exactly. And it's hard. And so sometimes, you know, thinking it when I think about change management for one, and thinking about how in so many ways a mature change management capability supports all of the goals and objectives of all the functions in the end. And it's a contributor to all of those. And so I think a lot of it is, you know, that good communication aspect is really trying to work with individuals that it may not see it that way and really trying to find, okay, this is how I'm going to be supporting your goals and objectives too. And, right. and sometimes it's breaking some of those silos and barriers in that way, but getting the priority on this when there may be some really bigger fish to fry at times can be really challenging. Right. All of that is so critical, but it's not easy. And we're going to get there. That's why I'm here. That's my role. That's what my team is supporting. And thanks to IPX for giving us a segue to understand the business of running a business. So thank you. I am very proud of our organization, where they are in the market. And I want to enhance that. And utilizing CM2, it should have a tremendous effect on our operating standards and our journey to operational excellence. Very good. It just takes time, like we said, and that will help, you know, as you have those small wins and you start to do those metrics, like you're saying, and say, look at what we've done. Here's where we were. It's kind of then at that point, once you have some numbers and some benefits to share, it's really hard to ignore that, that progress, right? And that's when it starts, okay, well, what else can you do? Bob, what else can you do? Right. <laughs> I saw you made, you, I saw 10% improvement. Yeah. What, how do we get to 20? What can we do to support you? So hopefully that's the case for you. And as we build that momentum and all of that, you know, you start to gain that traction that you're looking for. Yeah. 
Excellent. And that's a big deal, right? You get those quick wins like you mentioned, but it's not only that, it's the morale and making a difference, making an impact and having that excitement, you know, when you come to work and all of that applies, right? And I cannot wait to get there. Very good. You know, I guess before we close our discussion today, the training series was really paramount for you and you learned so much, which I love. And I love speaking with people that it resonates with and that they're able to take those things directly back to their organizations and start to make improvements and feel like they have that know-how and that tactical approach that's you know based on best practices. So that's amazing. And it's super fun to speak with you because you're super passionate and you're a go-getter. And I love that. So that's amazing. If there's anyone else out there that, you know, might be interested in taking the training or has even taken a couple courses. Is there anything specific that you'd have to share with them? Would you recommend the CM2 training series, you know, to anyone who has been listening to our discussion today? Yes, yes, and yes. Take every one of them. It's your CM2C certification. It's a must have, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm having an engineering background and this is not something that I learned in college. No. This is something that you learn on the job, you know, your first job, your second job, and you start to gain that experience. But, you know, you may not be learning best practices. And that's what's hard is, you know, when you go to solve some of these problems, there can be multiple ways to do things Mm -hmm. and you get a lot of those opinions. And so, you know, I think that's for me what I love the CM2 series does is it gives you those industry standard best practices. It kind of gives you that true North. So even if, you know, you have to create a fit for purpose solution, that's going to work for your organization. At least, you know, which direction to head into and it helps give you some of those tactics to help you start to make your way towards that. That's a great point, Brandy, you bring up because before I was relocated here to Chicago or Oak Brook, our corporate office, and I was in Arizona and I started a internship program that was very successful. And I think resurrecting that and bringing young minds in, fresh minds, and and have them go through this process would be very helpful for them. Absolutely. I fully agree with that because understanding that before you start, you know, gaining all of your experience, you kind of have an idea of how this is all supposed to work instead of, you know, just learning as you progress. So I think that would be an excellent recommendation for some new engineers or anyone new in the organization in general, so they can understand, you know, really how this can work and to be mindful of those things as well, because documented business processes at organizations don't always give you everything that you're looking for. And so this would be a really great way to help fill that gap and direct people in the right way. Right. Yep. So thanks, Bob. One last question for you. If anyone listening, you know, a lot of times people who are engaged in these kind of initiatives, they love to network. They love to, you know, talk to you about, you know, what have you done? Here's my problem. Do you have any suggestions based on your experience and collaborate? You know, I think that's the great thing about the network that we have is that there's a lot of good knowledge sharing. If anyone would like to speak to you directly about anything we talked about today or your experience or how you're tackling these problems, is there a way that they could reach out to you directly? Yeah, LinkedIn would be the best probably. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bob. I really appreciate the time and I can't wait to see where you go in your journey. Thank you, Brandy. Thank you for your support. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe and review the show. And for more information on IPX, visit IPXHQ.com.